With the South Carolina Gamecocks having played four games in the 2022 football season, we're starting to get a clear idea as to what kind of team the Gamecocks might be. How does that compare to their future opponents on the schedule? I'll be discussing that today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's Tuesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecocks sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you once again for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And as I alluded to in the cold open for today's show, I'm now going to talk about how South Carolina could fare for the remaining games of their 2022 football season against all of these other opponents that they've yet to face now that we've seen the South Carolina Gamecocks play four of their games. I'm going to go game by game starting with week six through nine in segment one. I'm not going to talk about the South Carolina State game as I'm going to save my discussion on that for later in this week. In segment two, I'll talk about weeks 10 through 13 with those teams that South Carolina is going to be playing in that portion of the schedule. And then in the final segment, I'll give a quick update as to what Shane Beamer said regarding the latest on the injury front for the Gamecocks heading into their game this week against the South Carolina State Bulldogs. So going to be talking a lot of hypotheticals on today's show, but let's go ahead and get all right into it with Week 6 against the Kentucky Wildcats. And before I start my discussion on all of these remaining games, I will say um, overall when looking at the rest of the schedule, I think I'm going to have a tougher outlook than I did before the season started. Obviously, a lot of Gamecock Nation and a lot of people, including myself, who cover South Carolina, had a pretty high opinion of what this team could potentially do this upcoming football season. A lot of people were thinking that this was a team that pretty much should win seven games, could win eight games, and who knows if the ball had bounced their way here or there, could have potentially won nine games. I'm not probably going to have an outlook that's going to match any of those potential records by the end of this show. So let's get into it with week six where the Gamecocks are taking on the Kentucky Wildcats. Kentucky is, of course, right now 4-0, and they are getting ready to play an undefeated Ole Miss Rebels team on the road And what is going to be, up to this point in the year, in my opinion, their biggest test to this point. They did, of course, play the Florida Gators on the road in week two. And while they didn't always look great in this football game, the Kentucky Wildcats did manage to fight through some adversity and did go on to win that game, I believe, by a final score of like 26-16 to or 26-13 to against the Florida Gators. 
I still do view this Wildcats football team to be a fool's gold type of team. And what I mean by fool's gold type of team is essentially they have not really played a whole lot of tough competition up to this point. They have, for the umpteenth year in a row, decided they're going to feast on a bunch of MAC conference opponents in their non-conference slate. And so, of course, right now, the record can be a little bit deceiving because here is the deal. Kentucky is, of course, good as they always are on defense because of their defensive coordinator, Brad White. But offensively, they have had issues running the football. They, of course, have not had Chris Rodriguez the first four weeks of the season, which they will be getting him back this coming matchup against the Ole Miss Rebels. So that will be a big plus or maybe boost for this Wildcats team. But what a shock. The offensive line couldn't replace all the guys that they lost to the NFL Guys like Darren Rosenthal and Darian Kennard at the bookend offensive tackle positions. And then they lost their center as well to the NFL. And a lot of people just kind of expected Kentucky to just be able to plug and play certain offensive linemen. Yeah, Kentucky is not at that point quite yet. They have been doing better in recruiting as time has wore on with them being led by Mark Stoops. But Kentucky still has a way to go in terms of being able to just restock their starting lineup with consistently solid talent every single year. They're not at that point yet. And people are just now starting to catch on to that. I, for one, was one of the few people who seemingly was saying this over and over again in the preseason leading into this football season. The point being, getting on to the matchup with them facing South Carolina, I worry for South Carolina in this game. I'm going to be completely upfront about that. The fact that it's going to be in Lexington, that's not really what gets me here. You know, we've played Kentucky a bunch of times in Kroger Field. I don't view Kroger Field to be that big of a home field advantage, quite honestly. But the thing that gets me is, can Marcus Satterfield win a coaching battle against their defensive coordinator in Brad White? And if you told me that I had to give you an answer right this very second, I'm going to be completely honest, I would say no. I just think that Brad White is a really solid coach in terms of, again, he gets the most out of the guys that he has on the football field. If we go just purely based on the talent on paper, when you look at South Carolina's offense going up against Kentucky's defense, then yeah, you would pick South Carolina's offense probably most days out of the week. But coaching is going to matter in this football game. This, in my opinion, will be a huge litmus test for Marcus Satterfield and also Spencer Rattler in his own right. So I worry very much about how the Gamecocks are going to be able to do against Kentucky for those reasons. In Week 8, they take on the Texas A&M Aggies, who currently sit at 3-1 and after, of course, they lost to the App State Mountaineers in shocking fashion in Week 2. They did manage to bounce back the next week and defeat the Miami Florida Hurricanes in Week 3. And then in Week 4, they took on the Arkansas Razorbacks in Jerry's World, where they were down 14-0 to start the game, but wound up winning at the end, I think, 23-21. Texas A&M, of course, does have a lot of talent on this football team. I think they got a really solid coaching staff, at least in terms of the coordinator aspect. Of course, you got DJ Durkin as the defensive coordinator who did wonders with Ole Miss's defense this past year, enough to help them win 10 games in 2021. And then on offense, you got Jimbo Fisher, of course, who calls his own plays. I will say that has not worked out very well for them so far this season. A lot of people have been calling out Jimbo Fisher, saying that it's time that you give the play calling dues to somebody else. But the point being, it seems like this A&M team is starting to learn how to fight through some adversity, which could be dangerous considering, again, how much talent is on this football team. 
I was one person who before this season said, look, is the youth and inexperience going to get to this A&M team whenever they end up losing a couple games? Because they weren't going to go 10-2 and for those of you who actually think that they're ready to win the SEC championship game right now. No, they got to get past 8-4. and They got to get past the notion that they're a team that's going to lose any four games on the schedule every single year. I think that A&M is getting better. I do think that Max Johnson is by far the better choice at quarterback for them right now. And I do think that this could be a team that could be a dangerous matchup for South Carolina in the trenches, especially on the defensive side going into that matchup in Week 8. Week 9, the Gamecocks take on the Missouri Tigers. I'll keep this one pretty quick compared to the other two. Um, Yeah, I just do not see really how Missouri beats South Carolina in this circumstance. They're going to be facing the Gamecocks, of course, in Columbia, South Carolina, and So far, they're kind of the opposite of Kentucky. You know, again, they haven't played really that tough of a schedule, you know, compared to a bunch of their SEC counterparts. But when they have, uh, my gosh, they haven't really looked that good. They got blown out by Kansas State in Week 2. They had some first-half struggles against Louisiana Tech in Week 1. And then in Week 3, I think they beat up on, like, some FCS team that week and then week four of course they went on to face the Auburn Tigers on the road a game in which they should have won I mean Missouri should have defeated Auburn and they somehow didn't which in my opinion is an indictment on where this Missouri football program is right now if you can't beat Auburn with everything they've got going on on their end right now then I don't know who you're gonna beat I mean, you might beat Vanderbilt because you get him at home this year, but I just don't think Missouri is going to be on pace right now to be a really good team. I think that this is a team that's going to have to scrap and fight every single week at this point in the season in order to even just be bowl eligible. South Carolina could have some issues with that receiving core. Again, Mookie Cooper, I believe Toski Dove is another receiver that they got, and of course, Luther Burden, the highly touted true freshman who is from the state of Missouri. Those guys could pose some problems for the Gamecocks secondary if they're not healthy at this point, but I think South Carolina is still going to be A-OK in that matchup against the Missouri Tigers. All right, now in just a few moments, I will go over weeks 10 through 13 on South Carolina's football schedule and sort of reevaluate, you know, how those matchups look for South Carolina. Is there a chance that the Florida Gators could end up defeating the Gamecocks in the Swamp? How does that matchup look now against Vanderbilt? Because it seems like that they have some really solid play at quarterback that has taken place right now. I'll get into all of that in just a few moments, but first... We all need to have a conversation about what all is going on in the world right now with inflation. Inflation is hitting all of us hard. Whether you're at the gas pump, you're at your favorite restaurant, or, you know, no matter what really you're doing, if you're just going for an outing with friends or family, it really hurts you everywhere, which is why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. And with every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside, and I'm using Upside to help alleviate my wallet whenever I go to make my weekly run of groceries, or I need to get gas after I go to the gym, or if I'm buying things online to make this setup look better and sound better for all of you who are watching or listening to the show. This isn't too good to be true. It is free and easy to use. Take it from me. I've used it, and it works great. To get started, download the free Upside app, then use the promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. 
check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and then voila, you just got paid by Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars in cash back every single week. And if you still question just how good they are, well, I'll let the 4.8 star rating on the App Store speak for itself. So once again, if you're interested, download the free Upside app and use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Again, that's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED. Welcome back to segment two of this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. All right, so continuing our discussion with how each of these matchups look now that the Gamecocks have played four games in the 2022 football season, let's look at week 10, where the Gamecocks will go on the road to Nashville to take on the Vanderbilt Commodores. Now, Vanderbilt, I will say, does look like a much improved football team that still has some issues on defense. And if you want to know just how bad the issues can be at times for the Commodores, uh, yeah, they gave up 31 points to Elon, of all people. Elon, I don't even know if they're an FCS football program. But yeah, they gave up 31 points to the fighting phoenixes of Elon. Offensively, however, they got a lot of things going right for them right now. They have two quarterbacks who have done really well in A.J. Swan and Mike Wright. Mike Wright, I believe, has been dealing with some injury issues the last couple of weeks. So A.J. Swan has had to play in his place. And uh, A.J. Swan has played quite well. I think he's thrown for like six touchdowns and already has more passing yards than Mike Wright has had so far this season. And between both quarterbacks, they've combined for 16 total touchdowns, both passing and rushing, and only one interception, which I don't care who you are or what schedule you play. If your quarterbacks are doing that well through the first five games of your football season, then yeah, you got something going with that position unit. They also have a solid tailback in Remond Davis, I believe is his name, and a really solid receiver option in Will Shepard, who through just the first five games this season has 365 receiving yards and seven touchdowns, which I have to imagine ranks up there as one of the SEC leaders in receiving touchdowns. So to put it bluntly, Vanderbilt is very much a improved football team. They definitely seem like they are doing better on offense, especially. And yes, they do play the Gamecocks at their place, which, you know, again, doesn't say a whole lot. And they do have a bye week before their matchup against the Gamecocks. I still will take South Carolina in this game. South Carolina, I believe, has a 12 game winning streak against the Vanderbilt Commodores. And I don't have really any reason to believe unless the Gamecocks just get slammed with injuries right before that matchup that the Vanderbilt Commodores are going to end that losing skid this season. All right, week 11, the Gamecocks go on the road to take on the Florida Gators. I got to be honest, Florida is a team that looks a little bit better than I thought that they were going to be at this point in the season. I did not expect Florida to beat Utah in week one. I'll be someone that will eat crow on that. Gator fans, you got me on this. I I said that Utah was going to beat y'all. I even talked about how, you know, the fact that y'all said humidity could play such a big factor in this game was a laughable statement. And yeah, y'all seem to take all that and channel that as motivation to go out there and uh, show that, yeah, the Florida Gators still can pull off an upset like that on any given week. So Florida is not as much in the gutter as people like myself might have thought they would have been this season. 
I will say this, though. Anthony Richardson, he's not quite been the savior at quarterback that Gator fans kind of were propping him up to be before this season. Anthony Richardson has had some issues in terms of his passing game. He obviously is a fantastic athlete. He is extremely physically built, and he's someone that can be a real problem for defenses in the running game, which I do think will play a big role in this game when the Gamecocks take on the Florida Gators in Gainesville. Uh, defensively, the Gators have shown some vulnerabilities in their rush defense. I think that even South Florida, who has won like only a handful of games in their last couple of seasons, rushed for, I believe, over 200 yards against this Gators front. So, yeah, Gators defensively, if you can uh, get the running game going against them, then you're going to make it a real tough slugfest type of matchup for the Gators, whether they win or they lose. I will say, though, I have to credit Billy Napier and his coaching staff up to this point. They seem to have coached the Florida Gators roster up rather than sort of bring them down. The fact that they managed to defeat Utah week one and they gave Tennessee a really solid fight just this past Saturday where they only lost by single digits to the Tennessee Volunteers in Knoxville. I got to admit... Florida looks like they could do a little bit better than the five wins that I projected for them leading into this season. So South Carolina, especially playing these guys on the road. Uh, yeah, this isn't going to be an easy outing. And I wasn't saying it was easy going into the season, but I did have a ton of confidence in this matchup considering what happened last year as well with the Gamecocks being the Florida Gators last season, I believe 40 to 13 or 40 to 17. Uh, yeah, you're definitely not going to see that happen this year, which I did acquiesce and admit that but uh yeah South Carolina I think that this game could end up coming down to the wire and I could see a pathway now where South Carolina does lose this game so this in my opinion out of all these remaining games where there's really no clear-cut favorite is probably the biggest 50-50 toss-up matchup for the rest of this season for South Carolina going to week 12 against the Tennessee Volunteers yeah, folks, uh, it looks like Tennessee is actually back this year. Tennessee has actually had some pretty tough challenges in the first four games of their season, having to go on the road to play the reigning ACC champions in the Pittsburgh Panthers. Say what you want about the ACC. Pittsburgh has become a really solid program under Pat Narduzzi. They are not a team that you can just push around on any given Saturday. So that was a really solid win for Josh Heupel in this program. And then they do finally end the losing skid, I believe, of six seven years against the Florida Gators this past Saturday in Knoxville. And yeah, the offense is still very potent. The defense, I believe, still has had some of their issues in some of these football games. And the offense, if there is one issue you can point to with them, they seem like that they're not getting off to the hot starts that they were in some of these games this past year. However, Tennessee still is a very experienced football team. They got some talent on that offense. They did not even have Cedric Tillman out there for their victory against the Florida Gators this past weekend. So who knows? If Cedric Tillman's out there at wideout, maybe this game ends up being maybe 10, 12 points bigger in terms of the point margin at the end of the football game. Tennessee, to put it bluntly, is a really good football team. They do have a really tough schedule ahead of them as they draw both LSU and Alabama. They have to play LSU in Death Valley over there in Baton Rouge. So that is not going to be an easy game for Tennessee. But I still think that this is a tough matchup for the Gamecocks defense. And South Carolina's defense up to this point has not given me a whole lot of confidence to say that they can find a way 
to get off the field consistently against this Tennessee offensive scheme with the tempo that they run. Uh, that could be a game where South Carolina's offense is going to have to try to turn this game into a shootout or try to have to beat Tennessee in a shootout. And if that's the case, I just don't think it bodes well for South Carolina. So I would still lean Tennessee in this matchup and probably even would say that with more confidence at this point in the year. And then the final game to discuss in terms of how the matchup looks now four weeks into the year is South Carolina's rivalry series with the Clemson Tigers in Week 13. South Carolina, of course, does have to play the Clemson Tigers at their place over in Memorial Stadium in Clemson, South Carolina. And Clemson up to this point... Again, they've kind of been a mixed bag. Week one, they definitely still had some issues against Georgia Tech. They did end up winning that game by, I believe, 20-plus points, but you can't let that box score fool you. They did not look good in that game for about the first half and little ways into the third quarter before they eventually then did manage to pull away because of the obvious talent gap that there is between the Tigers and the Yellow Jackets right now. Then they went on to play the Furman Paladins in Week 2, where the defense gave up a ton of yardage to the Paladins, and quite frankly, was one of the worst showings that they had had against an FCS football team in several years. In Week 3, they played Sonny Cumbie's Louisiana Tech Bulldogs squad, and Louisiana Tech was only down a touchdown to the Tigers at halftime. And then last week... Wake Forest gave the Tigers a run for their money as the Tigers had to score 50-plus points to defeat Wake Forest. Wake Forest absolutely torched their secondary with that slow-mesh-type offense that they run under Warren Ruggio. And yeah, Sam Hartman had a heck of a football game, which leads me into this point. DJ Uyangale is clearly a better quarterback this year. Am I going to sit here and tell you that he can go mano a mano with a quarterback like Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? Absolutely not. I don't think that he can do something like that. But it's clear to me that the issues that Clemson might still have on offense right now does not mainly reside with DJ Uyangale anymore. He is clearly more mobile. He's a little bit more graceful as a runner and that dual threat ability has helped him out, but he seems like he's not having to rely on that as much as some people would have guessed heading into this football season. He is putting the ball only where his receivers can get them. His receivers have got to help him out a little bit better. Also, Will Shipley should be getting the ball a lot more in that Clemson Tigers offense. Just objectively speaking, as a football fan, Shipley is a heck of a running back and deserves a lot more of the targets and carries in this offense than he already gets. But Clemson looks like that they are a better team on offense. Defense looks a little bit shaky on the back end. But, of course, with that defensive line that they got, uh, they could probably still win the majority of their games the rest of the year. For South Carolina, I just still think that the talent gap is still too big here. I think that Clemson has the advantage in the trenches on defense, especially and maybe even on offense as of right now. And if South Carolina cannot win either side of the trenches at the line of scrimmage, then they're not going to have a chance to win this football game. It'll turn into a game where Clemson could just basically out-physical South Carolina. And I just think South Carolina right now does not have the competitive depth yet at certain spots in order to be able to deal with a potential game like that. So again, at this point, I have to lean Clemson here if we were going to call it at this point in the season based on what we have seen so far this year. So overall, yeah, South Carolina does not have a whole lot of um, easy victory, so to speak, on the schedule. I think the only two you can really point to 
you know, besides South Carolina State, is Vanderbilt and Missouri. That gets you to five wins. You need one more win for a bowl appearance. Who's that going to be against? Is it going to be Kentucky? Can you stop Will Levis in the passing attack there and shut down that offense? Is it going to be Florida? Is Florida going to have a game where Anthony Richardson is throwing the ball basically everywhere but to his receivers, and you can take advantage of that? That is the question right now for South Carolina, and it's going to be one that's going to be interesting to follow as we continue to progress in the 2022 football season. Welcome back to the final segment of today's show on the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. All right, so now that I finished my discussion on sort of how the rest of South Carolina's 2022 football schedule is shaping up based on their opponents and what they have done along with the Gamecocks, let's talk about the recent injury update that Shane Grimmer gave on his Sunday teleconference call with some of the local media members. He pretty much said that the injury update is the same as it was this past Saturday, which means that Darius Rush and Dylan Wilhelm are still questionable heading into this upcoming game against the South Carolina State Bulldogs. However, Beamer did say that he was optimistic that Bo could be back for the South Carolina State game. Linebacker Stone Blanton apparently has a shoulder injury that he is dealing with right now. They did think they would be able to play him against the Charlotte 49ers this past weekend, but it just wasn't feeling right in warmups, and so they decided to not play him this past Saturday. Alex Boogie Hunley is listed next to MJ Webb as a potential starter at the defensive tackle spot, which tells me that he could still be a little bit questionable as well. But it seems like that there is a chance that he could play against the South Carolina State Bulldogs this coming Saturday in Williams-Brice. Obviously, South Carolina would love to have all of these guys back, but based on who they got to play this next week against Kentucky, I would say that you know they are going to be cautious with all these guys. If it doesn't seem like that they are ready to go just quite yet, maybe they want to be 100% certain that they will be able to play in some of these future games, then I would imagine that they would just sit them and let them rest up a little bit longer. So nothing earth-shattering here, but that is the latest injury update from head coach Shane Beamer. And with that being said, that is going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are y'all's thoughts on how South Carolina could do for the rest of this season now that we are four games into the year? Is there a game that maybe you were very confident in before this season started that now you have a lot more concerns with? Any game maybe that you had more concerns about that now you feel a little bit more comfortable saying that the Gamecocks will win that game. I want to hear all of y'all's thoughts on this down below in the comments section if you're watching today's show on YouTube. But of course, if you're listening to today's show on the audio podcast app, wherever you get your podcast daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at a lion underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see them. And of course, if you've enjoyed the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, but you want to get more news on the entire SEC conference, go check out Chris Gordy over on the Lockdown SEC podcast, where he covers the entire SEC conference in just 30 minutes with the help of some of the local team experts from Lockdown who cover SEC teams. Make Lockdown SEC your second listen after, of course, the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. But once again, y'all, that's going to do it for me on today's show. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast.